You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Listeners, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and two of our colleagues from the Your Story Travel Company, Miranda and Sarah. We hope that you're all staying safe and happy and healthy. This is episode 622, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades Podcast is a part of Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. Just email us, Vicki, Miranda, Sarah, or myself, Stephanie, at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to get with you to design a very magical vacation. A small refundable deposit is going to hold your trip, so just contact us today. Well, another week of changes. I know you guys are all surprised, but the change with changes comes more normal Disney for us. Uh, the social distancing markers have now been removed from the ferry boat at the Ticket and Transportation Center. Uh, I thought it was interesting, though, because guests were still supposed to be wearing masks. However, the vlogger I was watching was a little disturbed because he was wearing his mask and maybe one or two other people were wearing their masks. But he said most of the people on the ferry were not wearing their mask and nobody was saying anything. And um, he said, maybe it changed and I missed it, but I didn't, I looked and I didn't find anything else. It still says like on that kind of situation, there still needs to be on a mask, but <clears throat> as long as you say socially distance, you should be okay, especially if you're the one wearing a mask. The Tiki Room started seating every row this week. They did have their six foot distancing cues in the line. Uh, guests were still wearing masks during the show and the parties were separated by three feet of distance. Over at the Country Bears Jamboree, the social distancing markers and the guests are being seated in every row. Their social distancing markers were completely gone and they're still supposed to wear masks in there. Again, the parties are separated by three feet. And the same thing for Mickey's Magic. I think they're getting closer and closer to what we see as normal. They are, and the Carousel of Progress is doing the same thing. They're seating every row. Um, they have their social distancing in the queue up until the landing where the guests wait until it's their turn to enter the attraction. Cast members are no longer directing parties to the numbered dots, but you know people are kind of sticking right close with their parties and paying attention to the dots still, even though they're not being required or directed to them. As with the other indoor act attractions, Disney is still having guests wear their masks indoors. The physical distancing markers continue to be removed at Disney World. On Saturday, guests noticed the social distancing markers at the entrance of Magic Kingdom were also gone. The guests were able to spot the missing markers because where they used to be was blank pavement that hadn't seen the sun, rain, or foot traffic in almost a year. So they kind of made a, <laughs> they kind of made an indent. It's like when you take a band-aid off or right. a watch. And then, you have, except for there's more of them. The social distancing markers have been removed from the monorail stations. This is interesting because the monorail probably sees a lot of people every hour. We just hope that Disney isn't making too many hasty decisions all at once. Over at Animal Kingdom, social distancing markers have been removed for the extended queue for Expedition Everest. The queue used to run all the way across the bridge in the front of the Finding Nemo musical building. 
Also in Pandora, the extended queue markers have been removed for the Navi River ride, but remain in the original queue. So now on to Hollywood Studios, more changes have happened since the announcement of no masks outdoors. Physical distancing markers have been removed from extended queues at Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania in Disney's Hollywood Studios. The Slinky Dog Dash extended queue is often long. With the removal of the physical distancing markers, the line is more condensed. So that might be fun to see when you're wanting to ride Slinky Dog. The markers are still present in the formal queues for both Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania. My question is, I get it that they're taking it away from the extended queue. So then, but then you're closer to the people. And then when you get in the formal queue, is that, do you guys think it's because that's more covered? That it's okay for them to be, or then then they have to be more spread out? I mean, that would seem to make sense. I don't know. Everything's moving a little fast for me personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I know not everyone feels this way, but my kids aren't vaccinated. They're under 12 years old. Right. And granted, we're our next trip isn't until January, but, you know, as a parent, I'm whenever we go somewhere and I'm with my kids, we still have our masks on, even though I'm vaccinated. And I don't know, you know, Joe Schmo from wherever standing next to me in line might have chosen not to be vaccinated and is not wearing a mask just because of their reasons for not doing it. So I don't know how comfortable this makes me feel because the pandemic is not quite over. <laughs> I will tell you, this is how it was in Branson when we went in March and people were kind of doing that same, like some people wore them when they were supposed to the whole time and others didn't. And the cast members were very, well, I don't, I guess you're not, you don't call them cast members there, but you know, the workers over at Silver Dollar City, they were very um, strict on, on the ride and they were very strict inside, but they had a hard time controlling who was wearing masks in the line. And it was, it was kind of one of those things where at first it's a bit of a shell shock. And then you're like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. Like by the end of the trip, I was like, I think I'm okay. I think this is kind of nice. I can see people's faces and it, it was just I mean you do get uneasy at first but it's because it's what you're used to um seeing for the past year of our lives it's so weird like I, I went to Target today with the kids and seeing you know half half of everyone is wearing a mask and then half aren't and you know it just makes me okay let's stay away from people just in case <laughs> everybody hold on to the cart <laughs> Stay with the cart. Maybe I'm using our podcast as a soapbox, but <laughs> I would like to say if someone chooses to wear a mask and you're choosing not to wear a mask, please don't belittle them about it. My mom's closest friend, like a friend that she's had since first grade, okay, so my, and my mom's 69. She went out to breakfast usually every Saturday, and last week they made fun of her for wearing her mask into the restaurant because she was vaccinated and they told her she was ridiculous. Well, she's also around us and she knows I want to have my surgery and Kaylee and I are still in school. She's just trying to be cautious so she can be around her family. So please, people, I'm just saying be nice. Yeah. A friend is supposed to support, not make fun of. <laughs> and if you choose not to wear a mask, that's perfectly fine. But some of us still, because it has been over a year, it's like normal for us and we don't know yet or we don't feel comfortable enough yet to do that. That doesn't make either one of us wrong. 
It just means I'm just asking for everybody to have a little grace because um, this was a very scary time and a lot of people lost family and friends over it. And we, I just feel like we need to be supportive of that. But I agree with you guys. It feels really quick about a lot of things that are happening, but I guess we'll see. I mean, not as quick as Universal. So I guess we should be happy that Disney's being a little bit more cautious. I'm actually surprised that Universal, like when Universal announced their next step, Disney didn't do the same because that's how it happened the first time. It was like, oh, Universal did it. We need to too. So I was like waiting, thinking, is is Disney going to hop on this train too? But they didn't. Uh, It wasn't from Disney, but it was somebody that always interviews at Disney. And they said the cast members said what Sarah was mentioning. We have so many kids that are 12 and under visiting the parks that have not been vaccinated yet. They don't know when Disney's going to jump on. They're not saying that they're never going to. It's just that right now they are being cautious. And I appreciate that. So earlier this year, we told you the sad news that the Magical Express was not going to be around anymore after December 31st, 2021. So if you arrive after that fact, the Magical Express, as we know it, picking people up from Orlando's International Airport and driving them to in air-conditioned buses to get to their resort is no longer. However, right after that, Mears announced that they would be taking on the service and that guests would be able to start booking it in this month of May for next year. However, this week, Mears' website changed and it says now you can start reserving sometime this summer of 2021, no definite date. That doesn't mean they're not doing it. I mean, at this time, that's not what we're hearing, but I think that's really interesting that they were so gung-ho. However, they're saying that they're still going to be able to start their service in January of 2022. Mears is saying they're going to take this over. I'm guessing it's not going to be your Disney-branded bus with... Disney cartoons playing. That's just my guess. What do y'all think? I think it could be. What do you, I mean, I think that why would, I mean, they're all going to Disney Resort, so they, it might not be a Disney branded bus. Maybe they've got to change some of it, but I think they might have some Disney stuff playing. Honestly, that might make a difference for me on whether or not I want to use this service because I have, you know, we're going in January and I have found some car services that aren't, terribly expensive but my family could sit in you know get picked up in style (laughs) and taken right to our resort for you know not too terribly much money so I don't know what I'm going to do yet but hopefully something will be in place by the time we go (laughs) in January. I didn't know if Disney could keep let them keep the since Mirrors is really the drivers that have been driving this anyway it just was you know sublet out or however you want to call that um, if they could put Magical Express sponsored by Mears or Mears Magical Express on it so that it still looked cool. I hope ride. so. And the videos do help make the ride go faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just that transition from the airport into <laughs> Disney. Right. <laughs> it really helps you get into that vacation mode and if you're staying on property which you are if you're taking magical express right then it's your entryway into the disney bubble so i'm gonna be a debbie downer here and feel a little negative with some of the uh 50th um anniversary stuff if you haven't seen disney release the 50th anniversary commercial just go ahead and google it and check it out the media and guests are kind of disappointed with the lack of luster that this event seems like it will be it was something that we've been pumped and really excited for and the more and more we're 
waiting for things to happen. They're just not. So even the song that Disney chose is uh, an older one. It's a whole new world from Aladdin. Disney will be opening Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. That was set to open in 2020. So that is a positive and we're super excited about that. But they halted the Tron light cycle ride and the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind ride, um, stating that the pandemic was the reason that they did this. Media and guests are kind of asking, well, then why did Universal keep working on Velocicoaster and open it whenever they said they would? So that's another like, mmm, Disney kind of dropped the ball there. Another thing that the media has pointed out is the commercial hints that we're celebrating 50 years of movies and so far nothing that we are seeing is celebrating 50 years of Disney, how it started, where it's been, how it's grown and they feel like the Disney company is going for the zero nostalgic celebration. And that's what we were hoping for. <laughs> we wanted that nostalgic. We wanted to reminisce and get excited about the beginning of Disney. So media is kind of sad for Walt Disney, his family, and for all those that helped make Disney what it is. There was a much bigger hoopla for the 50th anniversary at Disneyland, and they're pleading with Disney. There's a little bit of like 120 days left for them to pull this magical 50th anniversary celebration together to make it special and memorable. And we hope that the media is wrong um, and that maybe, maybe Disney does have a few stops that they're gonna pull out on us, but we're just kind of waiting for it. Do you think they've had to downplay it because of the pandemic? Because they don't think they're gonna get the crowds that they were expecting? I mean- Well, they're already booked though. I know. I mean, I think they're getting too many crowds and they don't know how to handle it. So they yeah, don't want to pipe it up to the point where they're just booked solid, you know, for the entire year. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen the commercial yet. I'm going to look at it after this. It's just sad because for me, after I watched it, I was like, they're so right. I would have thought that they would have started with 1971 and like as it grew, you know, and then go through. And I know there was a big controversy with the birthday cake, but like show through the years what the um, Cinderella castle looked like and how the crowds changed. And there's none of that. It's very now. I guess I wonder for what percentage of the population do they connect with the Disney park versus Disney movies? If they are trying to attract more people to come, would movies bring them in versus somewhere they've never been before? I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box here. No, but. no, no. And, and I love that you always do that. I just, um, after I watched it, I was like, oh, I, I mean, I was like what Stephanie said, I'm going to be Debbie Downer now. But that's how I felt when I watched it. I'm like, they're so right. I would have expected like the big hoopla, you know, like they did for Disneyland. Even the 60th for Disneyland was big, I felt like. And I kind of feel like this is being downplayed a lot. Well, and you know me. I'm always, um, how's Disney, what does Disney have up their sleeve to make a little bit more money? Um, and so I'm just wondering if maybe they did have some exciting things planned and then COVID happened and they've already sold out for some of October and they're expecting that they will sell out everything they're able to, whatever, if it's 50% capacity or whatever it is. So they're kind of holding back on us so they can release it slower and keep giving us a little bit at a time instead of giving it to us all at once because then it gets those of us who are excited for all these new release things it gets us back again and again and now we have to go for this and we have to go and now we're looking at taking four trips next year instead of just <laughs> taking one 
What do you think, you know, um, Tron was supposed to open? Guardians of the Galaxy was supposed to open. And they're not going to be open for October. So maybe they don't have what they were planning, you know, planning for. Maybe they can't do it. So they're backtracking because those rides aren't going to be open in time. I don't know. It will be interesting. Maybe more commercials will come and give us more clues. Because I was thinking that same thing. It's the first commercial that I've seen for Disney for the 50th. Like, I didn't see anything prior to this commercial's release. So I wonder if, like Sarah said, we'll just, we'll see more coming out in the future. Maybe there'll be specials about, you know, new documentaries, history of Disneyland. Maybe we'll get some new stuff going on to Disney Plus that touches on that nostalgic aspect. Um, But we'll see. So tonight, June 2nd, the Avengers Campus is preparing for the opening that will happen at Disney's California Adventure, and they are going to live stream the event. If you are looking to watch this live stream, it's going to happen, I believe it was 8.30 Pacific time, and you can find the link on the Disney Parks blog. According to Twitter user Magic and Walnut, residents living near Disneyland received the following notice via email. Dear neighbor, thank you for signing up to receive email updates from the Disneyland Resort. We are excited that the opening of Avengers Campus is just around the corner next week, June 4th. We wanted you to be aware that as a part of the pre-opening activities, brief pyrotechnics will occur prior to 10 p.m. on the evenings of June 1st and 2nd of 2021 on the east side of the resort. Signed Disneyland Resort Public Affairs. So we will have fireworks to watch. Yay, fireworks! That means you'll have fireworks when you go in September. Yes! I'm hyped. So you did book it, Miranda? We wait last minute um, because we find the best flight deals when we book last minute. I am not recommending that listeners wait till last minute. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to talk to me and we can plan your perfect Disneyland vacation, hit me up. But that is a preference that my husband and I make to keep flights nice and cheap. Gotcha. Nice. All right. So friends, Cruella premiered on Friday. And I watched it last night. Ooh. Me too. Um, we don't want to give away any spoilers because we realize that some of you haven't watched it as of yet. The movie was the first red carpet movie premiere since the pandemic. Cruella brought in $7.7 million on Friday, May 28th at the box office. And without giving any spoilers, I'll say that I really enjoyed it. It's set in the 1970s, and it's the music is amazing, and it's a very, um, if you think about the, uh, the punk scene in the 1970s, I wasn't around for that, but I've seen it, <laughs> that is a, very present in the film. And stay tuned, sit through the credits at the end, because there is an end credit scene that you'll want to see. So I will give you that warning there. But I do think it's worth seeing. I would also say that young children, this is probably not for them. There would be themes of revenge and abandonment that might not be good for younger audiences. This was not at all what we had expected. And not that I was expecting anything specific, but it's not not a mimic or a mirrored version of the past two 101 Dalmatians and then Cruella, uh, 101 Dalmatians, the live action version with Glenn Close. It's not the same. So if that's what you're thinking, um, because that is what Kaylee thought. And 
Joey was all about watching it and Brad and I were ready to watch it. And Kaylee's like, well, I'll be in the room, but I won't be interested. And then she's like, this was not at all what I thought it was. But it, it is a two hour and 15 minute movie. Yeah, it's long. I, I actually had to rewatch part of it today because I fell asleep a little bit. Oops. Not that that's a reflection on the movie <laughs> no. itself. It's just me being tired. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to rewatch it because we liked it, Sarah. Come yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will rewatch it for sure. But I do think, like I said, I, I think I looked on Common Sense Media and they recommend that you be at least 12 years old to watch it. And I would agree with that. I would not sit with my young child and watch this movie. It seemed kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was very well done. Oh, yeah. Disney did a really good job, I felt like. Yeah, Emma, the Emma's were fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, both Emma's. I didn't think about that, but yeah, very cool. And I will have updated money um, that it made for you guys next week. I was hoping to find out exactly how many Disney Plus people did it. Yeah, that was me access. and my well, husband. We, it was us. <laughs> yep. And uh, Joey's like, we have to pay? And we're like, yeah. And I said, but if we went to the movies, there would be more than that for all four of us. And yes, he's like, oh yeah. And I said, and we have food here. <laughs> Just, it's easier. So do you guys get it just then, like, how long do you get it for? Forever. Forever. Okay. Because when it got done, it said, would you like to watch your other premiere access movie, Mulan? And I was like, not tonight. I would imagine you have access as long as it's on Disney+. Plus. Yes. That was the one thing Joey was worried about. He's like, because we buy the DVD, we have the DVD forever. What if Disney Plus goes away? And I said, um, I don't think it's going to go away for a while. I think it's no. here to stay. <laughs> It is. I think we're fine. All right, so Disney released a new poster and a new trailer for the upcoming movie Jungle Cruise that we've been talking about for well over two years, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt, and it's set to premiere July 30th in the theaters, but also Disney Plus with premium access like they did just this past weekend for Cruella. We've been waiting to see this movie forever, I feel like. We hope that it is great as we have imagined it's going to be, because that will that will make me sad. <laughs> We've been waiting for it for so long. So do you guys think that you're going to go to the movie theaters then by July, or do you think you guys are going to stream it again? I don't know. I'll have to decide later. I did see the trailer, though, and... It feels very Pirates of the Caribbean to me, which I'm not sure if it really is. You know, I'll have to wait till I see it, but I'll definitely see it in some form. I definitely think Stephanie's going to have to view it before she makes any decisions on Lucy seeing it. And I doubt Teddy's old enough. Yeah, he hasn't. Well, I mean, cl clearly with COVID, he hasn't been to a movie theater. Um and Lucy's only been to the movie theater once. She only got to see Frozen 2 when it came out, and then COVID happened. Oh, it's rated PG-13. Holy moly. Okay, we thought Cruella was long. This one clocks in at 2 hours and 38 minutes. Holy cow. What's with the long movies? Well, be glad we're paying a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. They are very long, though. I guess I'm used to, you know, the princess films, which are like, ooh, an hour and a half. Yeah. All right. So if you haven't already heard the great news from Anaheim, we want to let you know that Disneyland and California Adventures will be welcoming out-of-state guests beginning June 15th, which is why Miss Miranda said she's heading there in September because woohoo! 
there, opening it up. You heard that correctly. Disney lovers from outside of California can start booking their trips. Disneyland has released that park reservations can be made 120 days in advance. Disneyland asks that Californian residents not travel in larger groups than three households. Yay! And how many people can <laughs> be in those three households? That's what I was thinking. Because Margie has six people at her house. So if she traveled around the park with two other families with six, there'd be 18 of them. That's true. <laughs> I guess they take averages into consideration and go from there. I don't know. Very interesting. So the Jumpin' Jellyfish and the Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind have been reopened with physical distancing. The six feet markers are still in California as a reminder to the guests to keep their distance from guests that did not come that they did not come to the park with. There are yellow dots on the ground for guests to wait on until they board the ride. Mickey's Filler Magic has reopened and Disney's California Adventure as well. Unfortunately, this is the closest thing guests have come to seeing a show. California still isn't allowing indoor queues, so guests wait in the courtyard until it is time for the show to begin. Which is not a bad deal because you can go to award wieners, get an amazing hot dog or a vegan hot dog, sit and wait in that little area. You can hear the music and it's lovely. And then you go in when you're ready to go see the show. It works out. It looked like a good plan. There are a lot more outdoor queues in California, though, from what I could tell, correct? Yes, correct. So exciting things were spotted inside the Theater of the Stars, which is home to the Beauty and the Beast show at Hollywood Studios. The show has been closed since the parks reopened last July. However, the Disney Society Orchestra did use the stage to perform for guests for a couple of months. Since then, the theater has been like a ghost town. This week, scaffolding has been spotted inside the theater all the way up the ceiling, and all of the benches are covered in protective plastic. What is Disney up to? This theater is a partial open-air theater, which means the equipment is exposed to the elements. So it is possible that Disney is replacing the equipment, preparing for the show to reopen. For now, we will just have to wait and see what happens. But it, I mean, if they're working on it, then they must be preparing for something. That's what I'm thinking. I, I kind of would like to see, I didn't get to see the Disney Society Orchestra because it was gone before we got there in October. But I think it would be cool if they alternated between the two, between the Beauty and the Beast show and the Disney Society Orchestra. I don't know how much work that would be for them to move that stuff in and out, but we do it for band concerts for high school and stuff. So I thought maybe they could do that relatively quickly if they put enough time between it. Of course, I think the Disney Society Orchestra is now working somewhere else. So maybe that is not a possibility. So there have been rumors swirling around as they like to do in the Disney world. Um, and I don't mean in Disney World, I just mean in the world of Disney, there seems to always be some kind of rumor flying around. The first one is that we heard that fireworks will be returning to Disney this summer. Um, the next rumor we heard is that the Fast Pass is going away, and I heard this in multiple places, so I'm beginning to think it's a truth. So as you know, the Fast Pass has not returned since they reopened last July, and we are hearing something about a genie that is a lightning pass. Like, it looks like the genie's lamp from Aladdin. Um, this would be a paid pass that has a steep price ranging from $100 to $300 per guest per day that allows people to cut to the front of the line. Now, Disney knows that they can price people out and they know that they can get people to pay these prices to move quickly through the parks. They've limited the amount of guests with park reservation system, which allows guests to come, but it also controls the capacity. 
Now keep in mind that these are only rumors, but we always want to share with you what rumors that we've been hearing out of Florida. Yeah, I've heard this one. I, you know, I, I can see this happening and it makes sense. I don't know if we watched the same vlogger talk about this, Vicki, we might have. It sounds like if they're keeping the park reservation system, they can keep capacity down a little bit and then pay premiums for these fast pass replacements, the lightning pass, if that's what it will be called. And then, you know, give people uh, that experience and try to make the experience better, but still making money off of it. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, this is supposed to be part of we I haven't really seen anything, but the the genie Disney genie system that was supposed to be coming out. And right. I don't know if it got delayed, but it, if this is part of that, then well, they kept comparing it to the Max Pass, but Miranda, I've not been to Disneyland. Is the Max Pass a hundred to three hundred dollars per guest? No. Okay, so the Max Pass we would invest in because your photos were attached to it. So you would get a Max Pass for ten dollars per person per day, and with the Max Pass you could go on your phone, you could reserve Fast Passes, and get your photos from the Photo Pass, and that was worth it, especially if we had a nice group with us, because then we could just reserve fast passes for 10 bucks it was an extra ten dollars i would never pay between 100 and 300 dollars per day to get in a fast pass line that mac that ten dollars a day oh my goodness yeah that's that nothing is, and yes. for your photos like we pay 160 dollars for photos correct like you oh my goodness i i mean it sounds a lot like what universal does with their express pass right um, where you can skip the lines as well for certain rides. And it is pretty pricey. I mean, I think the ones at Universal, aren't they like 130 bucks or something like that per person per day? Like it is very pricey. But what Universal does is the hotels that are your more premium right. hotels, it just, you automatically get it. Yeah. I just don't think that Disney will do that because they have so many expensive hotels Right. And they're already incentivized. Like, I mean, you pay that money to go to Animal Kingdom because it's so cool to go to Animal Kingdom Lodge and to see Animal Kingdom Lodge, like where the hard rock at Universal isn't all that wow factor. Right. So I think that Disney can just, I don't think they're going to offer that. I just, $300 a day. The person I was reading and watching, I did both, but was saying we've completely priced out the middleman which is what nick has said for years oh yeah they've been doing it for a while yeah i don't know i don't it would be tough like it might be one day of our trip if it's a park we absolutely love because for my family even if it was a hundred dollars per guest per day that would be four hundred dollars added on to one day of our trip that's right. a tremendous amount of money um, for most people, I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, for all of us middlemen. Yeah. For yeah. that, I could get three days in Disneyland. Like, I'm not going to pay. <laughs> well, I think where I, maybe people might do this is if you are only going to be able to go to the parks for like two days. Right. Or, you know, if it's a short trip, 
Well, then you have to kind of, like, you. if you're going for 10 days, obviously you're not going to be paying for this because you're going to ride everything you want to ride multiple times. Even if you're going for five days, I feel like you're able to ride most of your stuff and you can spend two days at Magic Kingdom. Right. But when you are on a trip and you are going less than three days, or when you're going two, three days at the parks, maybe you do go ahead and buy this. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And I hope that the $100 to $300 per guest per day is just a rumor and would not be reality. But, you know, the truth of the, fa- the matter is that the fast pass lines do create longer lines for people that are riding standby because they're just letting people go in front of the standby line. And, um, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out for sure. I just hope that it's all out there before we go in January. <laughs> right. That, that is my personal request, Disney. Please have your act together by then. And do it for Sarah. Do it for Sarah. <laughs> so we've got another rumor. This week we heard that Disney is going to expand their virtual queues for their busiest rides. Now this sounds great in theory, but we all know how our phones are drained and struggle to stay connected just from regular usage in the parks. Now imagine trying to get the rides that you want in a virtual queue. When Disney figures the capacity that each park can have, it's based on the amount of guests that are wondering and the amount of guests in line for rides or that are watching an attraction. If Disney Disney switches to primarily virtual, the number of people in the park is going to drop. So the idea behind these virtual queues is that guests will get through rides faster and they'll have more time to shop and purchase souvenirs, get that money, money, spend that money, money, Um, maybe more time to eat. The theory has no evidence that this is true, but it is a rumor that we felt like we should share. Of course, we hope this isn't the case because this will really prove that Disney is far from what Walt wanted it to be. He wanted a reasonably priced place for families to go and spend some quality time together while having fun. Not a place where it is just about spending more money and getting all of these money traps. Um, So please, Disney, we're asking, think about Walt. Think about Walt and the old people who go to these parks. Like, my grandparents still have a flip phone. They're not going to be able to get fast passes for everything that they want (laughs) if they don't have the appropriate phone. It's also so confusing. Like, I mean, we're travel agents. And people who don't get travel agents... I feel so bad for them when they're at the park, especially when it's their first time going to one of the parks. There are some people who just, they really enjoy doing it themselves and that, you know, awesome, more power to you. But when you don't have any idea, like there's too much for you to try to figure out by yourself, way too much. And they keep adding more and more and changing things and it's just confusing. And that's how they make their money. Yep. Because people buy things they don't necessarily need or don't understand and... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance, I understand. It was really nice when we used it, when, you know, when when I went last January, um, because it allowed my daughter and I to get on. And we, this was when you had to go before the park opened and wait in line outside Hollywood Studios. And then you had to go in and everybody was there, packed together, had their phone open and you know refresh or try to get in and then right when it hit seven 
everyone was trying to get their um, reservation for the queue. And it was nice because we got on and we were able to get off and meet my husband and my daughter by 8.30. Now, we got a really early reservation group, but, you know, it, it worked well for us. Now, I know it doesn't work well for everyone, though. So I do hope that they can make it so that more people can access the ride. Because I feel like a lot of people do get left out. And if you only have one day in that particular park, then that's your only chance. Or you need to take Miranda's husband, Zach, with you because he apparently has it nailed. Yep. And you practice. <laughs> so I am very, 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 very sad about this. And Zach will be as well. With the physical distancing and mask changes, the Skyliners are now changing their policies as well. Multiple parties are being seated in the gondolas now. Up to 10 people can be seated in a gondola at a time, which means guests still need to wear masks while they're on the ride with others. About five to six guests can ride with a wheelchair or EVC. This will help move the Skyliner lines quicker, which does make a smoother form of transportation than it has been for the past three or four months. Cast members are not even asking guests if they want to ride with others, they are just loading them together. So if you are adamantly opposed to riding with someone else, you will need to tell the cast member and very, very quickly. I was sad too, Miranda. Tight, tight space with strangers. I cannot imagine being in there with 10 people. No. I really think they should stick to eight, but I'm not Disney, I get that. I think four and four. Fill every available space, Vicky. <laughs> I get that, but I'm not a small person. Now, if small people like you, then maybe they can get five on each side. But I think it's going to be really crowded. And then on a hot day, even with the wind blowing, it could be not fun. And then you get on there with somebody that chooses that deodorant is not something they need to partake of every day. <laughs> it could be a long ride. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, I don't know. I have not had the privilege of riding the Skyliner yet. And I know I've, I've seen videos. I know they're big, but I just can't imagine 10 people. They're not that big. Yeah. <laughs> they're not 10 people big. <laughs> All right. So let's talk some food, glorious food. Disney's Hollywood Studios has a yummy new snack for sale. Many people know this mix as Chicago-style popcorn. It is cheddar popcorn mixed with caramel popcorn. It gives you a sweet and savory snack that you can now find in Hollywood Studios. We are sure it tastes amazing, and uh, we look forward to trying it out when we visit next. It does sound good. I've never had that myself, but my kids are more the popcorn eaters than I am, so maybe they'll try it. They sell it. I don't. I don't know if they sell it at your Sam's, but they sell it at our Sam's. I know because one of our friends got us hooked on it. And actually, we had tried it before because you know those trio popcorn tins that everybody gives at Christmas. Sometimes the caramel gets mixed in, and we'll just grab it, and we're like, "Oh, this is pretty good." Well, then I found out it was called Chicago style. I didn't realize that it started in Chicago. Yeah, it's. Um, I can't even think. It geared. Uh, no, that's Garrett's. Garrett's popcorn is the like famous Chicago popcorn. If ever you have a layover in O'Hare Airport, go to Garrett's. They have one in the airport. Um, anytime that my husband would travel because he traveled for work, I would make him get me some Garrett's popcorn. Their cheddar popcorn is the best, but they're they're famous for the Chicago style popcorn. I just prefer just the cheddar. Awesome. So Animal Kingdom is now selling Dole Whip Twist. We're 
spreading it out all over Disney World now. It's an orange Dole Whip with a vanilla soft serve swirled together, and the yummy treat can yummy cold treat, excuse me, can be found at the Trilo Bites in Dinoland, USA. So now you can get Dole Whip at Disney Springs, Polynesian, Magic Kingdom, and Animal Kingdom. No other parks, right? I've done it at Epcot before. Okay. I was just trying to see how many places they have it now. Because it used to be a thing where you had to go to those specific places to get it. And it seems like it's spreading out more. I think it's just so popular. They know that people will get it no matter where they are. Oh, so. sure. Yeah, for sure. The Farmer's Feast booth at the Flower and Garden Festival added some summertime foods to their menu. There is a tomato and cornbread panzanella. It's a mixture of extremely fresh ingredients made into a wonderful salad. The cornbread perfectly balances the vinaigrette and the tomatoes. The next dish is the barbecue seared pork tenderloin. The meat is tender and the guests were able to cut it with a fork. The sauce is a barbecue sauce with a vinegar kick to it and the veggies add texture and lightness to the pork. And I would like to point out that if they can cut that with a fork, they don't give metal forks at Disney. That means they can cut it with a plastic fork. <laughs> so it must be really tender. Mm -hmm. A lemon ragotta cheesecake has been added to their menu. It has an oatmeal cookie bottom with a ragotta cream cheese mixture. It is topped with a fruit and lemony sauce. This dessert is light but delicious on a hot day. Finally, the Farmer's Feast booth added a hibiscus lemon cocktail. It is lemon and hibiscus gin. Guests said that you will need to either stir it or it will be a little bit too strong. So that means it's at my own. It looked really pretty. <laughs> I like when it's a pretty drink. Not that that matters. <laughs> Does it have an actual hibiscus flower in it? Yeah, on the top it did. Oh, oh, fun. Nice. Is that one of those edible flowers? I don't even know. I think so. So let's go shopping now with some merch news. Although the Disney Cruise Line may not have many sailings, guests can still score some Disney Cruise Line souvenirs. The 2021 collection includes a scrapbook, scrapbook paper kit, mugs, ornaments, and keychains. There is also a Disney Cruise Line white hoodie, a button-up shirt, a red Minnie Mouse Cruise t-shirt, a Mickey Cruise Line long sleeve shirt, a DCL beach towel, and more. These items can be purchased in Disney Springs. So maybe if you just booked your trip for the inaugural voyage of the Disney Wish, you can get there and pick up some fun things for your trip. But if they say 2021... Oh, that's true. Never mind. Yeah, why 2021? I did. Well, I know that somebody had told... Who did I tell you that was? Oh, Kat that we work with. She said that there was Disney Cruise Line 2021 stuff at our Disney... Um, what do you call that? The Disney store? Outlet. Outlet. Excuse me, oh. I didn't think what it was called. So They probably had it ready to go, and then they're just like, oh, let's just put it in the store. <laughs> Make some money. So they've been having this Stitch collection of Stitch Crashes the Movies all year. I don't feel like this has been advertised as well as the mini was last year, but this one is super cute. And uh, this month is Pinocchio. And I can't do it justice except for to tell you that the Stitch looks like Pinocchio with wooden ears and a wooden face. And he's got Pinocchio's hat with the feather and his whole outfit. It's adorable. I think most things have sold out, of course. But there was a magic band, Pinocchio stitch pin, a mug, a t-shirt, and many other things that I kept running into as I was looking at this all up. Coming up in June, Stitch Crashes Aladdin. So I can't wait to see which that, what is that going to look like? 
they've done a really nice job with it and i was curious i meant to ask betsy the other night if she has got every pin because she said she was going to collect these pins yeah she was super excited for the stitch collection Speaking of stitch, there's a new stitch dress and a stitch record purse that was spotted at Uptown Jewelers on Main Street. The stitch dress is a sundress with a crisscross strap on the back. It is a blue Hawaiian pattern with hidden stitches mixed in with a floral print. The dress also features an embroidered stitch logo. You can feel like you are vacationing in Alani while wearing this amazing dress. The purse resembles a record with stitch embroidered on the front. The inside is a light blue with Hawaiian icons and stitch. Super cute. And I just realized, depending on how old you are, you may not know a record is vinyl to most people that are under the age of probably 40. But <laughs> it looks like vinyl, because that's what my son doesn't call it a record, he calls it vinyl. But it's super cute. I don't even know if the younger generation even knows what vinyl is. I think they've come back into fashion. They have? Yeah, just like mom jeans. Oh my gosh. Ugh. When we were in Branson, we had to go to antique malls because antique malls now have tons and tons of LPs from when we were younger and stuff. And so, Joey, they sold one, a Mary Poppins original. Like, it was not like one that came out later because, you know, they're remaking some of the vinyls. Um, where, because he's like, what are these little marks? I'm like, each one of those marks is a song. Well, the new vinyl does not look like that. It's just, just straight across. You can't decide. You just have to drop the needle where it is, but on the old one. And we found a Mary Poppins, and I wanted it. And he's kind of claimed it as his own, and I don't care, because I don't have a record player anymore. But he'll be in there sometimes just listening to it. Yeah, if I was might... really big with kids. Does like, he have a record player? Yeah, he got it for Christmas. He asked my mom. Wow. Okay. Yeah, my parents still have all of their... Um, records from the 60s and 70s that yep. my mom and dad collected. They have like a, all the Led Zeppelin <laughs> <laughs> albums and listening to them on a record player, it's almost like, oh, this is how this is supposed to be listened to. You know, it just, it sounds different and has a different quality to it that makes the music sound more alive. It's interesting, but yeah, they're completely popular. And like I said, along with the mom jeans. Uh... <laughs> the mom jeans can go away. <laughs> yes, they can. I am so out of touch with what is popular these days. I have no idea anymore. I do like the little jeans that have, and don't make fun of me if you don't, if you, you can laugh, but just the, that have the elastic at the bottom. I liked those when I was younger and those are back in. Um, I noticed a bunch of the ladies that I work with got those pants and they were all telling each other, I got these on Amazon. I got these on Old Navy. And they were all, so then the one day they all wore their pants with the elastic down at the, at the ankle. My gosh, it's so funny. It's like everything that I did not want to wear because that's what my mom and her friends wore. And now my kids aren't, gonna, aren't going to want to wear skinny jeans which I love a high-waisted skinny jean because it holds everything in and, <laughs> you know, and I, the mom jeans just make, I'm sorry, young girls, they make your butt look saggy. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you don't know, now you do. It's out there. Your, your butt looks saggy in your mom jeans. <laughs> Miranda's dying. Agreed. <laughs> oh, my gosh can't have my students listen to this now they're gonna be like what <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's so funny 
So a new Dooney and Burke collection, Disney Afternoon, has been released and can be found at Uptown Jewelers in Disney World's Magic Kingdom beginning today, June 2nd. This collection celebrates the Disney Afternoon block of animated TV shows that included Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, DuckTales, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. This collection has a deep blue background. It can be found in three different designs. The Statue for $268, the Crossbody for $198, and the Wallet for $158. This is a cute pattern, and like many of Dooney and Burke's collections, it will probably sell out very quickly. All right, y'all. Tailspin and Rescue Rangers is my favorite. I know. This is like my childhood right there. Yes. (laughs) So you guys need to get that bag. Well, yeah. If I could afford the bag, I could probably afford the Lightning Fast Passes, too. (laughs) (laughs) The latest pair of Star Wars Minnie Mouse ears designed by Ashley Eckstein, and they are inspired by Darth Vader. These ears are now available at Disneyland, and they can be found in the Star Trader. The ears are covered in black pleather reminiscent of Vader's armor. The ears are embossed with the Imperial logo. The patent pleather <laughs> bow in the center reminds us of a TIE fighter. On the back of the ears, the words rule the galaxy are embroidered in red. A tag reminds you that these are designed by Her Universe's Ashley Eckstein, who voiced Ahsoka Tano in Star Wars The Clone Wars. The inside of the headband is lined with red velvet. I recommend the ears and I recommend the show if you haven't seen it. I thought you guys would like these ears. I just love Ashley Eckstein. Like, she's the sweetest person ever. Like, everything she posts, I'm always like, oh, I have to go get it now because Ashley made it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And if you look into her, if you have a young daughter that loves Star Wars, maybe she's not like my oldest daughter. She is not a princess fan. She is a Star Wars fan. She likes that side of things. And um, I remember we went to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and my youngest was dressed as Snow White and she was dressed as Ray. <laughs> and it, she still got her makeup done, but um, she was dressed as, as Ray. I highly recommend that you look into her because she reminds young girls that it's okay to like these things um, and you don't have to be a princess fan and you can still be you and be a girl, which is awesome. Thank you to Miranda and to Sarah for joining Stephanie and myself to do today's episode. It was filled with a lot more rumors than usual. I guess because now the parks are getting busier, we're going to be hearing some more rumors than than we, we were before. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, all you have to do is email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can email one of us, Stephanie, Miranda, Sarah, or myself, Vicki, at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. Betsy, Miranda, and Vicki will be doing the seventh installment of Disney World Resort Reviews. This week, they'll be discussing the Yacht Club. You don't want to miss it. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, and our TikTok page for Your Story Travel is at Your Story Travel. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Kill this fire. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>